Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Burt Show. Um, I didn't realize this until this morning in watching this video that I think the world is uh, broken up into two very different people. You got your birthday families and non-birthday families, and you fall in between one or the other. You either come from a birthday family or you don't. And what I mean by birthday family is like a family that from the moment you wake up in the morning on your birthday until the moment you go to sleep, the entire day is about you. It's about celebrating you. It's about going crazy celebrating you, like celebrating you to the highest extent possible. And if you're not a birthday family, that kind of looks like you wake up and people say, hey, happy birthday. They give you some gifts and it's just kind of like a regular day, except people said happy birthday to you. So I come from the former. My mom would wake me up and it would be like, happy birthday, happy birthday. I'd go to breakfast and there'd be like balloons and presents. The entire day was about me. Everyone made me feel so special. And then I would come home and we'd go out to dinner wherever I wanted, have huge cake. It was all about me all day long and it was so fun. But when I got older and I started dating other people, I found that they come from families that were not birthday families. And so they would just be like, happy birthday. They had very low expectations for their birthdays and they weren't used to celebrating birthdays to that extent. And so they therefore did not feel like my birthday was worth celebrating like that. And I was always like, no, excuse me, it's it's Hmm. my birthday. I'm assuming Mo, who comes from a really big, tight family, you guys are birthday families. Definitely a birthday family. All day long. Always a big deal for everybody in the family on that special day. As soon as somebody wakes up, you party and celebrate them all day. All day. Yeah. Birthday family. Birthday family. Married a man who's not a birthday family. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a birthday family either. No. Not at all. Yeah, my story's sad, so I'm not going to tell her. <laughs> <laughs> um, is she wrong for having her kids spy for her? That is what she is asking in this email. And if you guys have anything going on in your life you want to share with us, try to get some advice for you, hit us at thebirdshow.com. All right, don't judge me, Bird Show. Too late. This email is probably pointless because I know you're going to tell me I'm wrong, but hear me out for being too harsh. All right, even before we get into it, come on, confession time. You guys want to call one eight five five virtual Who's had their kids spy for them? I mean, you literally recruited them to spy on a husband, spy on somebody at work or somebody, I guess it would be maybe another couple on the, I don't know, kids parents on the soccer team or something, Mm -hmm. but you recruited him to spy. one 855 My husband and I are in the process of divorcing. We've been separated for about six months. He moved out of the family home and has been residing in a condo. Past few years have been rough, and we both came to the conclusion that it was time we parted ways. However, I'm almost certain he's been seeing someone ever since we made the separation official. Which would confirm my suspicions he wasn't faithful this past year. 
We share one child together, an eight-year-old daughter. We are figuring out custody, and it's kind of all over the place right now. She's going to be there this weekend, and I want her to do a little recon for me. The streets are telling me a woman is staying over there frequently, the streets, meaning (laughs) some of her items could possibly be there or left behind. I want to task my daughter to do a little snooping, but in a nonchalant way. (laughs) Make it a game of sorts, she says. Like a hide-and-seek of what's at daddy's place. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay. I don't know how else to figure out if he's skirting around before our divorce or is even final. For the record, my daughter is none the wiser to any of this, and I haven't spoken an ill word about her father in front of her. 1-855-VIRTUO if you want to get in on that or you want to confess that you've actually used the kids as spies. You you sent this knowing what we are going to say. You can't weaponize your kids in the divorce. Like, you can't ask your child to do this. Even if you make it some fun game, like, if, find somebody on the streets to do this for you. Like, you can't, no. You, you, you just... You got to be smarter than this also. So I wouldn't say I recruited my kids, but I will say I asked them questions. Mm. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. Oh. That, I'm not mad at that. That were going on in the other house in, with ulterior motive. But they never knew they were part of my evil plan. <laughs> Okay. I'm not mad at asking questions, right? Obviously, you, you, you can't use your kid as a spy. That's ridiculous. Using your kid as a weapon, that, that's not even cool. But what, what do you even do with the information when you get it? Y'all are going through a divorce. It's over. It just feels like you're creating more drama in your life other than just letting it go. What does it matter if he is? Yeah, and chances are pretty good. Even if dude was screwing around, it's not going to have anything to do with your divorce case anyway, depending on what state you're in. Uh, good morning, Morgan. You're on The Burt Show. Hi. Hi, um, I actually was the kid that was used to spy on. Um, kind of in your situation, like you said, Bert, I, uh, I think my mom, she wanted me to know about things that my dad was doing. And so she would just be like always asking me questions when I came back, like, was he there or what did y'all do or did he talk about me and stuff? And it was like, <laughs> are, you trying, are you trying to get me to spy? No, no, no. I'm just, I just want to know everything's taken care of. Like, Okay, yeah, whatever. And looking back as an adult, yeah. I'm like, that's kind of dumb. I'm awesome. Mine were a little more subtle than that. Um, but and it's still... It's still... It's, yeah. it's still wrong. Yeah. And Definitely wrong. I assure you it was going on on the other side of the fence also. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and like you can't ask, like, to put your kid in that, like, that one question... Oh, it just made me inner cringe to the point it was outer cringe. Did he talk about me? Mm. Like, I never asked that. Oh, that's that's like such a narcissistic question. Absolutely. Right. Uh, Caroline, good morning. You're part of the Burt Show. Hi. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. So my mom would make me, she would like, she wouldn't let me have a Facebook account, but then she wanted me to have a Facebook account. <laughs> and she would use my Facebook account to creep on all of my friends. <laughs> And harass me for all of their actions and then be like, why are you partaking in all of this? Uh, and just like completely like gaslight me. Oh, damn. Wow. That's scarring right there. For sure. Did you realize at the time it was going on or it took you years to figure it out? Oh, I'm just now realizing all of this with oh, therapy. Yeah, yeah, I, I was, right, I was about wrong. to ask, are you sending your mother your therapy bill every week? <laughs> uh, she needs to be paying it. No <laughs> doubt, right? All right, Caroline, thank you for calling. Appreciate it.
Thanks, guys. All right. So if we're giving advice, no, don't recruit the kids. No, no, don't. Divorce and move on. Yeah, not in an overt way anyway. (laughs) Be a little more sly about it. Cassie, am I normal? From Reddit. No, from me. This is from you. This is from me. This is her. So I was in the break room the other morning just getting my coffee like I do, and two Burt Show members busted me doing something that I was unconsciously doing, and they were cracking up. Katie and Rebecca walked in, and they were losing it, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm pretty sure they're laughing at me, but I don't know why. And so I was like, are you all laughing at me? And they're like, yeah, did you just go, boo? And I was like, yes. As I was filling up my coffee and pouring the, the like I have instant coffee, I was like, pew, I soundtracked my own life. I will sing songs. I will sound do effects. sound effects. Mm-hmm. Just, yep, yeah, like whatever. Like if I shut the fridge, bonk. And um, Katie said she sometimes does it, which I think she was just being nice so I wouldn't feel awkward. And Rebecca's like, no, people don't do that. That's not normal. But I want to know if it's normal. Do you guys ever sound affect your own life? I wonder if this goes along with the OCD conversation we had with you yesterday. <laughs> I don't think so. No? I don't think that's an OCD thing. I think it's just fun. I mean, making coffee is boring. Mm. So I'm like, woo, coffee. So like the real life sound effects that like the fridge makes when it closes, that's just, <laughs> that just doesn't do it for you. No, no, it doesn't. Gotta, no. So <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're shutting a cabinet, like. Yeah, when the microwave is about to go off, do you have a sound for your microwave? Uh, no, it's usually shut up. I know it's done. Know. Stop beeping. And but like, oh, yeah. Sidebar: I've got a whole kitchen filled with those that those little alarms that go off. Oh so if the fridge is open too long, if the freezer is open too long, if the stove is still too hot, I got five things dinging in my apartment, and it's driving me crazy. Or my house, it's driving me crazy. <laughs> it, it drives me nuts. I have to mute it all. I can't. St- I'm like, I know. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is a you thing. Man. I can say with certainty, you've I, never like I'm not not every single thing, but you guys have never made a sound effect in your life oh, or like yeah. when you've done stuff. Yeah, like, I'm sure. Now I'm, unconsciously, just been like, boing. <laughs> I'm sure, but I don't do it on a yeah, daily no, basis. Not on a daily. No. You're on your own on this mm, one, sister. Well, my life is interesting. The Bird Show. All right, shady or not, is her nanny misres- misrepresenting herself uh, as the mother of her own child? Ooh. Yes, this sounds shady. Hey, Janet. Hey, guys. I don't even know that there's a question here, and I haven't <laughs> read anything about it. What's going on? Um, so I have an 18 month old named Jason and our nanny, Amy started working for us over the summer and, you know, she's amazing. She's great. She loves him and takes really good care of him. And I completely trust him with her. Uh, but something over the weekend happened, um, and I just can't shake it. Uh, so I just wanted to get, you know, an opinion about what's, what happened. Okay. What you got? So I was at the park um, on Saturday with Jason and, you know, another mom came over and she recognized Jason, um, has clearly seen him before at the park, but very friendly. And then she asked me something um, that I thought was weird. She asked, you know, if I was his aunt or if I was the babysitter. And I was like, no, um, he's my son. I'm his mom. And then she was, she asked, uh, are you are you the stepmom or is Amy the stepmom? And I was like, what? No, Amy is a nanny. Um, and then she just seemed, you know, kind of baffled that Amy's the nanny. It just seemed, it just seemed strange. And so she also, um, she thought, oh, this is what she mentioned. Um, I guess one day they were leaving the park and Amy was like, okay, Jason, we have to go. Daddy's going to be home soon. 
which technically, you know, is true, but also, you know, I, mom, was going to be home soon too. So, you know, she could have said like, daddy and mommy are going to be home soon. Yeah. So it just seemed a little weird. So I don't know if I'm, you know, reading too much into this. If You know, it just seems like she's not representing herself as our nanny and, you know, people at the park, other moms are thinking that she's his mom. So I didn't, you know, I don't know. Is this shady or not? I'd fire her tomorrow. Uh, just based on your instinct of it yeah. feeling shady, um, yeah. I'd fire her tomorrow. And try, I, I mean, that's easy to say. It's really, really hard to find, like, good nannies and good babysitters. It's so hard. Oh, yes. my God. It really is. So I don't want to dismiss that. But if your gut is saying there's something wrong, there is nothing more important and precious in your life than your kids. So if something like this in your gut is saying something ain't right, I'd leave the situation as soon as you can. The, the first thing yeah. I would do is have a conversation with her. and Yeah. Um, one of those deals where it's, it's, it's all about the delivery. So I wouldn't be accusatory, but I would Mm -hmm. be like, Hey, I went to the park the other day with Jason and this mom was under the impression that you're Jason's mom and not me. And I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to understand like, you know, why she would, why, why she would come to that, that conclusion. And I think gauging by her body language and the conversation I think in that moment, Janet, you will know whether or not this person needs to stay on or if you need to let her go. I would right, cer- I would right. certainly have a conversation with her before I made a decision, but I am oh I've always been a fan of the universe looks out for you at times when you don't even realize it and this just for me would feel like this wouldn't just happen coincidentally. Like there was a reason that this encounter with you and this lady happened and that you took from yeah. it what you did. So for me, I would probably be leaning towards firing her and protecting my child as well. What does your husband say? I mean, he's very nonchalant about it. Like he's like, oh, it's no big deal. And the thing is, it is so hard to find a mm-hmm. good nanny. Oh, and I know. She's been with us since the summer. And in my head, you know, the reason I call it is because she didn't do anything wrong. Like I've heard of other nannies like being on their phone or a child crossed the street under a nanny's care. Like nothing like that happened. It's just, you know, it seems so innocent, but it also is bothering me. So it's so hard to figure out what to do. Aren't there movies made of this kind of thing? Like when the nanny like... That was the hand that rocks the cradle back in the day. Yeah, like she went, all of a sudden she's like in her heart already adopted the kid and assumes it's hers Mm -hmm. when she's just the nanny. Uh, Here's Sarah. Good morning, Sarah. You're on the Burt Show. Hi. Maybe she doesn't want to come off as a nanny to the other moms, like, you know, less than them. Like, maybe she wants to pretend to be a stay-at-home mom so that she doesn't, they don't treat her any different and think that she has less money or any less opinion than them. Okay, so it could be innocent enough is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, and Maddie. Hey, Maddie, good morning. What do you have? Good morning. Um, I would definitely have a conversation with her because when I was in college, I used to be a nanny and... I would always tell the boy, like, let's go get Sissy from school. We got to leave the park. And so other moms would just overhear that and assume that I'm his mom because I'm calling his sister Sissy to him. And I would just clarify to them, oh, no, I'm the nanny, you know, whenever it would get brought up on the next occasion. But it could have just been something that was misheard, you know, from the other mom. So I would definitely have a conversation with her about it before. Yeah, I think that she deserves that. Have For a conversation. Sure. And if you don't like that answer, there's something in your gut, not your head. Um, because it is tough to get 
a nanny so you can make some excuses as to why this might be okay. If your gut is saying it ain't right, I would get out fast. Way too precious. Way too precious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let us know. All right. Thank you, guys. Let us know how it goes, okay? Okay. The Burt Show. Not literally, but in my mind's eye, figuratively, every day I want to punch somebody in the face. (laughs) Every day? Every day, huh? Yeah. I mean, it could be somebody in headlines. It could be somebody in the news, somebody in politics, somebody that cuts me off in traffic that has a University of Florida sticker on their (laughs) car. Somebody in my mind's eye is getting punched in the face. I would never do it. First of all, I have to jump up to reach him in the face, probably. <laughs> right? Jump punch. Mo wants to do it literally. I do. And that's the, the beautiful side of boxing is that you get to punch people in the face. But there's another side to that in which they get to punch you back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. Unless you're really, really good. The other person's really, really bad. Only- is there a boxing league that just allows you to throw punches but not take them? <laughs> we need to- if there is, <laughs> I'd be the first to sign up. To create. Right? So um, I'm, I'm in this position now where this has been a debate on our podcast uh, in the moment, Katie and myself, our producer, Katie, and I'm now concerned on if her opinion about what I should do next with boxing is her being a good friend hmm. because she's concerned or her being a bad friend because she doesn't believe in me. You get a different Katie on the podcast. It's a little darker, Katie. Absolutely. A little more honest, Katie. Absolutely. And a little, you're distrusting of it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, what is your history with boxing? So to take you guys back to the beginning, when I was younger, uh, like towards the end of my teenage years, my my dad has always been in law enforcement and has always been really big on just really being in shape, being healthy, exercising, and being able to defend himself. So when I was in uh, growing up, I wanted to be like my dad. So I started boxing because he was always into boxing and really good at boxing. And I fell in love with it. And so, like, around the time I stopped playing basketball and football because I realized there was no future there, I got into boxing. And I think a lot of people don't realize when you when you do get into boxing, it's way more than physical. Mm-hmm. It actually does a lot for you mentally as much as it does physically. In what way? I think it gives you a, a different level of confidence. There's something to not only the training that you have to go through. It really does put you in the best shape of your life. Like, I mean, you feel better. It's way more than just how you look. You just, it's how you feel. And it gives it's you. It's intense cardio. Very intense. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge that you have to overcome each and every day. You can kind of feel yourself getting better at something. And if I'm being honest, there's just something to being in a room and feeling like you could defend yourself against mm-hmm. anybody in this room if mm. you had to. Yeah, I would think that there are mental benefits benefits also because you got to be a hundred percent focused or you're going to get knocked out right right and taking on punches every single second while still going forward has got to do something for your confidence it does and it it uh it just i don't know how to explain it but it gives you i had a different level of confidence when i was at the top peak of my boxing tenure and I haven't had that. Like, I haven't had that same feeling or even that same challenge ever since I stopped. And I stopped because I was good at it. Like, it, it really came natural to me. And that's what made me love it. But after a while, you just get tired of getting punched in the face. <laughs> it's not, that part of it is not fun yeah. at all. Did you ever get knocked out? No, I've only been knocked down. And ironically, I get knocked down, but I get up again. <laughs> I, I did get up. I got, I had 11 fights. And I only got knocked down once, and it was in a fight that didn't count because it was against my dad. My dad. Your dad took you down. Yes. I think I remember you telling us about this. Yes. When I when I first started boxing, I I was feeling myself a little bit. I got uh. I got real confident in my abilities because at that dad time, dad had to knock the cocky out of you, he didn't did. he? I, I think I was 
maybe 6-0 and oh in my training fights at that point. So I thought I was Floyd Mayweather. And <laughs> my, You're ready. I was ready. And I, my dad was like, well, it's still a lot that you have to learn. And I told my dad, you've never 6-0. You, you didn't you didn't oh. have his record. And he went pop 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 pop. He went he went what? Pop <laughs> Put you on your ass. That's exactly what happened. And I remember my mom like helping me get up. It was oh. it was an embarrassing situation. Mama had to help you up. <laughs> yes. Why you hit him so hard? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can know in your family. I can see this scene playing out. It was uh it's something yeah. me and my dad still talk about to this day. But it, it helped me cuz it humbled me and then he went on to train me me after he knocked me down so it wouldn't happen from someone else, gotcha. which I appreciated. That was nice of him. That's so funny. That is so yesterday. <laughs> you can't get away with that today, man. No. That's such a yesterday story. So all these years have gone by, and in the back of my mind, I've every time I watch boxing, every time I'm around it, I don't necessarily want to get back into it to fight per se, but I've always wanted to get back to the training of it. I feel like I was just in the best shape of my life when I was doing it. I feel like mentally I was in such a good place. I mean, it's a release as well. You get to go into the gym, and you can imagine how hitting punching bags, hitting Oof. speed bags, you can release a lot of tension, stress, mm-hmm. all of these things. And when I I was, I was like, a part of me was thinking, I think I want to get back in the game, but I didn't have the push I feel like I needed until one of my really good friends came to me, and he's in a transition stage of his life where he wants to start taking his health seriously, and he feels like the best way for him to do that is to get into boxing because everybody's motivated by something different. And he said something to me that resonated, and it's true. He's like, you'll never be more motivated to get yourself in top condition than knowing that you might get your ass kicked. Yeah, right. that's, that's a great way to get there. Even more, even better motivation than taking pictures on a beach vacation? Yes. Really? Yes, because, okay. I mean, especially when you got your friends, you got your family mm. coming out to see you fight, even if it's like an exhibition fight, you don't want to get beat up yeah, right. in front of the people you love the most. <laughs> so he wants me to, to train with him. Like, he's like, I want to do it, but I need an extra push. You've already been there. You've had this training. You've said you want to do it. So I'm like, is this a sign? Yes, do so it. That's what I thought. You getting PTSD? Well, no, not <laughs> initially. <laughs> He's not doing bouts. He's training. Those yeah, I'm are, training. Yeah, I'm not fighting my dad again. That's yeah. that's okay. not happening. <laughs> but when I went to our producer Katie about this, and I thought she would have had the same reaction you just had, Kristen, of do it. She looked at me like, no, don't do that. Why? Why? Well, she didn't really go into it, and that's what I wanted to ask her. Katie, well, get I, your butt to She's supposed to be in here to tell me why she does not want me to box. And Katie, come on up. Maybe she thinks that you're soft now. I, I, I'm feeling like that might be it. Here she comes. She's running. She's, yeah. yeah. She, she, Katie's she, training right now also. She just <laughs> sprinted down the hole. <laughs> <laughs> Are you afraid he's going to be chewing punches? Yes. Uh-huh. All right, he's already broken how many fingers? Two. How, how crooked are your hands? Show, show your hands. Yeah, they, they're pretty crooked. Well, how'd you two, break? Two oh, fingers wow. in, two fingers really in the wrist. Yeah. <laughs> You've never that noticed. Really yeah, that one does what it wants. <laughs> 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 I've not had control of that wow. finger for quite some time. That's like the claw game. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the claw. It's like the crypt keeper's fingers. I mean... My fingers are a little beat up, and my left wrist, um, it kind of breaks on its own every once in a while. But I never lost a fight. Let's get back to that finger for a second. How'd that happen? This one? Uh, I can't remember. What do you mean this one? Because there's there's a couple of them that are broke. Yeah, the one that's facing the other way. This one. (laughs) The one that you can't straighten. (laughs) Uh, I broke it. Uh, I think initially I broke it playing football, and then I rebroke it from boxing. You can only give a four and a half. You can't give a four. (laughs) That's all I got. That's all I got. That's it. So, yeah. Okay, so, right. but again, this is not bout, this is training, but I, I'm, I'm taking it injuries can also be 
can also be common in training? It can, but I, I would also be sparring. That's typically where the injuries come. Because um, even though you're not necessarily fighting, fighting, you still have the helmets on, but you're yeah. still actually getting in there and sparring with somebody because that's one of the best ways to actually get complete your training. What's your concern here? I hear him complain about how hard it is to get out of bed after just one <laughs> night of just having fun. Imagine. <laughs> calling you out. Yeah, she is. She, she is. is bringing you to the mat hard. Well, you would be like sparring with people your own age and in your own shape, right? It's not like you're going out of class or anything like That's that. That's typically how it works, okay. yes. But if he can't handle standing around and listening to some good music, what makes you think he's going to handle That's... after this whole exercise of boxing? That's why I need to start training again so right. that I can handle a night out with you. <laughs> That's a part of what this is for. That's what the training's for? Yes. So you can hang with Katie? I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get back in shape. But the truth is, if you start training, you're going to want to get in a ring competitively. That's yep. what Katie thinks. That's uh, what my mm-hmm. mom is afraid mm-hmm. of also. Because she, my mom tells me that she gave me a face for modeling, not for boxing. Right, agreed. Mm-hmm. That's too pretty to be beat up. Yep. And once that starts, then it's just going to be, he's going to turn into like this professional boxer. And then he's going to be like, I have another job now, too. <laughs> 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 the, jo- the jokes are becoming a little bit slower. Yeah. <laughs> I can we can expect that. Okay. I, mm-hmm. I could see myself maybe want to do one more fight, but I don't think I would go beyond that. Just to see if I still got it. Famous last words. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh I say go for it. I man. say go for it. I say so. go for it. Cash, you say go for it too. I don't think there's Heck even yeah. I don't even think there's an option. You're wearing protective equipment while you're sparring? Yeah. I did that at eleven years old in karate. We didn't hit as hard trust. But you're if they let children hit each other with stuff on, <laughs> grown adult men are fine. Go do your thing, man. Okay. All right, where can people listen to you in the moment? You can get it wherever you get your podcast. If you're looking for somewhere to celebrate, whether it be a birthday or a graduation or an anniversary, may I recommend an Atlanta United match? So my husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. He is a massive Atlanta United fan. So, of course, we decided to go to a match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and had the best time. I'm telling you, if you're a super fan, if you're a casual fan, going to an Atlanta United match is a great way to celebrate. My husband got to watch a great match and I got to enjoy delicious wine and I also may have gone to the team shop and got myself a new sweatshirt. I'm very excited about my new Atlanta United sweatshirt. (laughs) And kudos to Atlanta's fan base because every time we ride Marta to go down to a match, it is packed full of people wearing their Atlanta United gear. Visit atlutd.com for tickets and also for the match schedule. That's atlutd.com. Hey y'all, it's Katie here from The Bird Show. Pride unites us all and so does Atlanta United. That's why I'm giving you the chance to win a spot in The Bird Show's Pride Night Suite in celebration of Pride Month. That's right. Join me and The Bird Show crew on Sunday, June 2nd, as Atlanta United takes on the fierce rival Charlotte FC with kickoff at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We need to beat Charlotte, so we will be loud and proud. Believe that. Oh, and by the way, did I mention Atlanta United is giving away a -a one-of-a-kind Pride-inspired towel, plus a $5 donation to Lost and Found Youth, an Atlanta-based nonprofit that provides services to the LGBTQ plus youth, which is included with your Pride Night ticket pack. Remember, to enter for your chance to win a spot in the Bird Show's Pride Night Suite, head over to thebirdshow.com. To guarantee your tickets and pride towel, go to atlutd.com and click the promotional packs tab for more details. Can't wait to see you all there June 2nd at 4.30 p.m. Together, we are Atlanta. Atlanta United. See you there. Are you looking for excitement 
in Atlanta. Well, you got it right down the street at Mercedes-Benz. That's where Atlanta United plays. And I've been telling you for years, it's one of the most exciting nights that you will have with your family. Soccer is different. It's just different than going to a football game, baseball game. There is no downtime. I mean, the excitement lasts the entire game at an Atlanta United match. And it doesn't even matter if you're really, really into soccer or not. I'll tell you one way to get into soccer. Just go to one Atlanta United game and you will get caught up in the excitement so much that you'll become a lifelong fan. I'm telling you this right now. I love bringing my son Hollis there. I love bringing his friends there. I know it's going to be a safe family event and I know I'm going to walk out of there. I got some memories now with my kids. So don't look any further. You got one of the best soccer teams in the country right here in our own backyard. Atlanta United. Just give it one try. Atlanta United. You can always get your tickets at atlutd.com. The Burt Show. One Burt Show listener wants to publicly apologize to her ex-boyfriend, so we're going to let her use our show here in just a minute. First, so Cassie, I now know why you and I feel so defeated all the time. <laughs> why? <laughs> There's a new poll, and it looked at the average parents' win-loss record. So us versus our kids in arguments. What percentage of the time do you think we win? Oh, my gosh. In my head, I want to say I win like 90% of the time. In reality, it's probably 10. (laughs) According to this um, new poll, the average parent has 190 wins a year. The average parent also caves and gives their kid what they want 218 times a year. So kids win about 53% of the time. Wow. I know. shocked. So, and this is talking about some of our, like, top parenting losses, um, letting them eat whatever they want. Uh. This is, like, so common, like, stalemate in our house. Jimmy's only two and a half, and I laugh at myself. <laughs> I was like, whatever I make, you will eat. <laughs> Do you want a peanut butter sandwich? <laughs> Do you want some chicken nuggets? Do you want some cheesy pasta? No, no, no. You really are just wanting them to put some kind of sustenance in their mouth. So it's like, I will make you whatever you want. I just need you eat. You're a better mom than I am because oh. that is not how it goes in my house. Oh, my she'll, God. She'll say, I don't like this. And I'll say, well, you don't have to eat it. You never have to eat the food, but I'm not making anything else. And then she eats it. I would be curious to see if that number changes with years. Because I, I feel like it's probably harder when they're younger, right? Yeah, yeah. trying to get a two-year-old to understand and to like, oh, my God, it's so frustrating right now. Letting them have treats or dessert before dinner is another big loss. Letting them use their iPhone or, or letting them use your phone, iPad at the table, like screen time is another loss. Buying them something they want but don't need is another cave that parents have and letting them stay up past their bedtime. Those are the top parent losses. The bedtime is the one for me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's the tough. And it's hard because when you say no, you know there's going to be a meltdown and screaming. So a lot of the time, it's, it's not the best move, but you're like, for my own mental sanity, mm-hmm. I have to give in on this one or else I'm going <coughs> to snap. So that's why we feel like we're defeated all the time because we are mm. by these little two-year-old terrorist. They are, though. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Love them. All right, so if you have a dilemma or you need advice or if you want to use our show, head to theburtshow.com. Shoot us an email. This one, um, sometimes we get emails and they just hit you a little different, and this one did, and she wanted to publicly apologize to her ex-boyfriend 
for how she treated him during their relationship. So for me, I think it was the accountability. It's really refreshing mm-hmm. when somebody comes to the table with accountability. So I was like, all right, let's do this. We're going to read her apology letter to her ex, all right? She goes, hello, you all. I'm a P1 listener, and I love you all and all of the work you all do. Welcome, Abby. You're a very nice addition to the Bird Show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm emailing today in hopes of my ex-boyfriend hearing this. I don't think he's a P1, but he listens every so often. And if this is my only chance to reach out to him, I will take that chance. Hmm. I will call him Joe. His first name does start with a J, but I don't want to disclose his actual name just in case he's in a relationship. I don't want to be disrespectful to either of them. Joe, I want to apologize for the on-again, off-again relationship we had. You didn't deserve that. I wasn't in a good place mentally when we dated, and I didn't realize you were hurting as well. Now that I look back, I realize you were indeed going through a lot, and I wish I knew what I know now. I would have been there for you. Your dad and his girlfriend were so welcoming, and I'm forever grateful for that. I wish I had gotten a chance to meet your mom and sister before we ended things. I can tell they are great people. Your favorite cousins as well. I did get a chance to meet your best friend and his wife, and they were so sweet. You are deserving of so much more, and I wish you all the love, happiness, and success life has to offer you. I hoped we could have been friends because you are an amazing man and we vibe so well, but I truly understand why you don't want to speak to me. Take care of yourself. Thank you, Bert Show, for reading my email. It truly means a lot to me. Interesting. I know, right? It is. My question is, why couldn't you send that to him? Bingo. That's how I feel. Though I'm happy she sent it to us because it gives us something to talk about, right? Well, I mean, we do love having content, but did my my first thought when I saw that this listener wanted us to read it was, is she blocked on everything? And if so, what happened to lead her to getting blocked? Uh, yeah, that I that I don't know. And sometimes maybe if she so because she sent it to us, and from what I gather. If he is in another relationship, I don't think she wanted to reach out to him if he was oh. seeing somebody out of respect for their relationship. So this is a way for her to acknowledge her wrongdoings mm-hmm. and apologize without, like, sliding into his DMs or sending him a personal email because she felt like that would be disrespectful. I respect that. I, I get that. At the same time, though, if if you're intent is yep. to just apologize, then that shouldn't matter, right? Because you're mm-hmm. not trying to in- intrude on his relationship or his life. If you genuinely just want to apologize and let that be what it is, I feel like you should send it directly to him because it wouldn't disrespect his relationship. Well, she says, I understand why you don't want to speak to me, so maybe he's mm-hmm. told her that, and this mm-hmm. is like a buffer. You know, that way he's not required to respond to her. She doesn't have to, like, reach out directly to him. Like, this is out in the universe now, and if he hears it, he can just hear it and be done and move on. All right, we've done our part. It's out in the universe, <laughs> and hopefully Joe will hear it. Hey, The Burt Show. Right, it has been really interesting having Jackson Kim uh, join The Burt Show and learning about Korean and Asian culture. And he brought up something while we were all hanging out the other day that the, the name itself or the phrase itself just seems so offensive to me. It doesn't seem it is. It is. It can come across as that way, and I guess it kind of is a little bit of a slur or something. Uh, What they're talking about is being labeled a banana or a Twinkie. Um, Visually, you can imagine that that means you are yellow on the outside and white on the inside. Now, is this something Hmm. that the Asian community calls each other? It has kind of different context depending on who tells it to you, I think. So if people within the community tell you that, that usually means someone who... 
um, they don't speak their native language at home or, you know, your aunts or uncles might call you that as someone, you know, as kind of like talking down to like the younger generation of like you're rejecting culture kind of thing. It has a bit of a different connotation when, say, like a white person calls you that. It feels a little bit more offensive in that that sense. How often have you been called that? So the funny thing is, is like if if we take a step back and we rewind to childhood Jackson, baby Jackson, right? Young, innocent, and probably very ignorant Jackson. um, I never really saw myself as any different than any other kid on the block. You know, Um, my parents always had like their white friend group and their Korean friend group. And they never really mixed and like met each other all that often. It was very rare when those kind of occasions would happen. And I didn't think anything of it. I also grew up in a pretty diverse area where my schools growing up had a lot of diversity. There's a lot of people that looked like me and I never thought anything of it. It wasn't until I switched over to private school when I was in middle school and I went to a predominantly white school where I realized that I was pretty different. And that's when the label started kind of coming out a lot more. And honestly, initially, I didn't take offense to it. I kind of leaned into it. And that's where I think a lot of like this whole like identity crisis that I've been talking to you guys a lot about has come up where I started seeing it more as a compliment because it felt like I was being treated the same as them and they were seeing me kind of the same as them. Uh, The problem arises, though, where I think afterwards it started happening where, sure, they would sort of treat me the same way and they would call me a banana or Twinkie or whatever the case was. (laughs) But outwardly, I obviously still look Korean. So the stereotypes of what it means to be Korean still existed. So when I would struggle in a math class in middle school, it was like, well, shouldn't this be easy for you? And it was like being kind of put under a microscope for all the wrong reasons, whereas they like took advantage of the right reasons why I was getting along with them. Gotcha. Do a lot of Jackson stories in his community feel close to some of the stories you have in the black community also? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one in particular, because I, I'd never heard that phrase at all, but um, in the black community, it's Oreo. That's what, you know, if a black person is trying to say that you're white on the inside, black on the outside, they'd call you an Oreo, which is a phrase that you, I'm sure if you've black, you've heard it a lot since you were a kid. So this one in particular, I had no idea that your community went through that the same way that I was does. Yeah, I remember in a prior segment you had mentioned that and, like, how sometimes it felt like people would kind of call you out for, like, not being, quote, black enough, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of similar to how I would feel in this Mm -hmm. way. But then it would seem unfair when they'd call me out for other things where, like, I would have to be stereotypically Asian, you know? And so this kind of persisted all through my, you know— late middle school, high school days where um, I was... kids are really nice and kind yeah, and friendly. exactly. <laughs> and it was even my closest friends. And again, like, I initially didn't really take offense to it. It just seemed like it was unfair for it to only come out that, like, I was my Koreanness when it was, like, a time to kind of make fun or, you know, you know, make jabs at me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm driving in the car with my friends and, you know, everyone does make some mistake every once in a while. You park a little crooked, you you know, you make a wrong turn, whatever. For me, it would be like, oh, it's because of the way oh, that you yeah. look that this yeah. would happen, you yeah. know? Right, right. Or like, um, if I did well on a test for some, for whatever reason, it was like my effort would be discounted mm-hmm. and it would be more like, oh, you, you did this, you're good at this because you're Asian, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's uh, getting better for like this generation now, the younger generation Koreans, younger generation Asians? I just think generally people are a lot more tolerable yeah. these days and a lot more accepting these days. I'm hoping to God that all these kids growing up these days don't have to deal with a lot of the stuff right. that I had to deal with growing up. Um, I don't regret 
regret anything by any means of, you know, how I was brought up or anything like that. But I do think that people probably have it a little bit easier and a little bit, people are a little more respectful now. Hey, The Bird Show. All right, Lindsay needs some answers here on a second date update. So her mom sets her up with a son's friend. She was reluctant to go, but she goes anyway. She thought things went great. Clearly, the dude didn't think so because she hasn't heard from him. Hey, Lindsay. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Okay, tell us about this great date you had and how it all came about. So um, I am the last one of my siblings to be single. I would also like to point out that I am the hot one. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Talk good talk. I mean, my mom's been pressuring me to find someone. And, you know, she tells me that the clock's ticking. But I'm only 32. But... It annoys me, you know, and I ignore her because she's my mother. But she's been trying to set me up with my coworkers, her coworker's son for about a year now. And finally, I was like, all right, we'll do it. And I went well out with them. And honestly, I had a really great time. It was amazing. You know, I even told that to my mother, which is something we just don't do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you don't, um, want, you don't want moms to get the W on stuff like that. <laughs> Exactly. You know, um, she's been asking every single day when we're going to go out again. And and I'm really not sure. He hasn't messaged me. I haven't heard from him. He stopped responding and it's been two weeks. So I don't know what happened. I thought it was great. I've often asked this question, like, are your parents, do they know you so well that they're good matchmakers or do they really not know who you are? So they're terrible matchmakers. What they see and what you are might be two different things. I mean, we've done this several times on the show with people and let their parent choose their um, who they're going to go on a date with. I think we also did with 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 Katie. We let her mom go through her um, her dating app and choose people. As Um, a general rule, are they good matchmakers or horrible matchmakers? General rule, I think they see a different version of you. Mm And I, I don't think they would be good matchmakers. I say terrible. I terrible. think they know you as, as a child, not yeah. as a partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they tend to choose people that fits their vision of who they've pictured you with. Mm. And that might not be the person that you're actually into. So he and here's the worst part of this all this whole thing too, Lindsay, is that you go back to your mom. And you tell her that the date goes great. So now in her mind, she's like, oh, I am good at this. So now she's going to continue to set you up on these dates. But the truth is you had a great time on this one. So there's nothing that you can point to over the course of those couple of hours where this dude is just fine. Like there was some tension. Nothing? Nothing at all. It was a great time from start to finish. How did the date end? Um, It ended with, you know, some walking me to my door. And a uh, kiss on the cheek, and that was it. Oh, the kiss on the cheek. Mm-hmm. It's the kiss of death. No, it's yeah. not. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It kiss can be. Oh, it can be. It can be. All right, so this is your mom's co-worker's son. Have, has your mom and co-worker have any, had any conversations? Uh, if they have, she hasn't said anything to me. Oh, if your mom wouldn't hide right. this, would she, if she knew? Yeah. Well, I, I think you're right, so I don't think they have. But I don't think my mom is going to ask her coworker. Yeah. You know? I would be double I mean, annoyed, she, she too. She goes as far to set me up the date, but she won't, you know, try to fill out the whole relationship for me, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, the fact that you didn't really want to go in the first place, and then you finally are convinced to go, and then the person yes. ghosts you, that I, I, oh, I would be so annoyed by that. Now, in a couple of minutes here, Lindsay, uh, we'll tell you what we already know about why there's no second date, but Abby, what's your, what's your guess here? I, I just think he didn't have a good time like you did. I, I think when somebody isn't making the effort to meet up with you again, mm-hmm. I think we can delusion ourselves into thinking, well, he just liked me too much and he just didn't want to, he just, you know, he's too scared for, I, I just think maybe he didn't click with you the same way that you clicked with him. And I know that's beyond annoying because I have been in that situation where like a guy likes you first, or maybe you get set up with someone and you weren't into it. And then all of a sudden you catch feelings and they don't for some reason. And now you feel like you've been bamboozled into heartbreak. So I, I feel you on this, but I just think he's not that into it. Did your mom and your mom's coworker work in, work together? Were they in cahoots or did your mom just know her coworker had a son that she thought you should go out with and she did this rogue? Um, I think they were in it together. Okay. To be honest. Um, which is really sad because like I said, I'm 32. So, you know, they're, they're, they're playing matchmaker, uh, makes me a little frustrated but mm-hmm. you know i'm hoping you guys can give me some answers and i'm hoping he did have a good time too and maybe he's just busy or something happened in uh, between uh, uh, wait 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 here we go let's stop there if a guy is interested in you i'm too busy is not even an option how long does it take to text somebody i mean if he's totally into you they will find time so let's make that clear uh and secondly you don't got time for this nonsense. You're 32 years old. And I say this every time we do this. That's why I think it's a stupid bit. Is like, hey, <laughs> why? like what, what does it even matter? He's, he's telling you everything you need to know right now. You know your name's on the show. We don't have to do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stupid bit on but, my show. But it does so well in the podcast, right? I, I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> All, right. All right, Lindsay, we do know why there's not going to be a second date. Our show director, Tommy, reached out to this dude. We got answers for you. You just got to hang out a couple of minutes to get him, okay? And I promise you we will not ghost you great thanks so much all right we'll do it in a couple of minutes the bird show driving our listener Lindsay crazy she goes out with this dude that her mom set her up with and it, it went great date goes fine and then he ghosts her and she can't figure out why and we have answers for her that we will give her in just one second uh, i want to mention this here i will always believe this and maybe naively that um the sliver of or the the amount of negativity and the amount of people that are a-holes is the sliver in society. I still believe that most people are really, really good. But I do know that, and I'm in media, I do know that I know what sells, like yeah. negativity, man. So we get into these narrow holes of just thinking the world is going to crap, but it's a sliver of the people that are real a-holes. And just a really brief example of some of the good ones. I, and this is just an example of one of these that I have received over the last week or so, probably a dozen of them. But I've been dumb enough to give out my phone number on the radio a few times. <laughs> and mm-hmm. listeners uh, have put that in their phones. And from time to time, I will get text, right? And I get a random one this morning. I don't even know her name. Uh, and it just says, hi, just a weird random text from a stranger checking in, making sure you're okay. But wanted to also make sure you have plans for Thanksgiving. Oh, just so random. So let me answer both of those. Uh, am I doing okay? Well, for a guy that has the realization that I'm gonna grow old and die alone, I'm doing fine. <laughs> uh, uh, for, for a guy that is now a quarter blind, uh, I think I'm doing fine. You're eighth blind. 
An eighth? Yeah, Cassie brought it up because you got two eyes. Ah, that's right. Mm. I'm just an eighth one. See, look. See? It just got, the the day just got better. (laughs) All right. We're also looking up. You can't see it, but it is. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And thank you, but I do have Thanksgiving plans. I'm going to be with my son in South America, and we're going to be having a great time. But I just wanted to, people are good. They are. People are good. And this is the time of year where we can feel it for a couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. and then come January, everybody sucks again, you think? (laughs) Uh, But no, most people are good, and I will always believe that. One guy that's not good is this dude that bailed on Lindsay here. Um, so Lindsay was just telling us that uh, she can't figure it out. Uh, her mom set her up on a date. She doesn't like the fact that the date went great um, because mom set her up. And then all of a sudden, this dude just goes away and there's been no contact. So he ghosted her. All right, Lindsay, um, our show director, Tommy, reached out to this dude and found out exactly why there has been no second date. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Tommy, all right. you. So I reached out to Toby. I explained our second date update and the fact that he had pretty much ghosted Lindsay, and we want to know why. And he replied. He said the date was all right. However, I wasn't exactly on that date for the usual reasons. My mom's been on my case for ages to meet someone new, and she wouldn't stop talking about setting me up with Lindsay. Honestly, the only reason I agreed was to get her off my back. I've actually got a girlfriend already. My mom's not her biggest fan, Mm. to put it mildly, Mm. so she keeps trying to match me up with other people. Wow. Wow. My girlfriend and I thought if I went out with Lindsay just once, so his girlfriend was kind of in on it, my mom might finally chill with the matchmaking. I told my mom we didn't click, hoping that would end it. I really didn't mean to drag her into this drama of mine. I feel bad about it. (laughs) She seems great and definitely deserves someone who's all in. Sorry for the mix-up and any confusion it caused. I had to break it to Toby, but he just made it way worse because now he's given the hope to his mom that he's willing to say yes to date. So he, in her mind, she's probably thinking that he's, like, ready to to get out of this relationship, but that's not the case at all. But poor Lindsay, I'm so sorry that you were yeah. collateral damage in all this. Yeah, screw Toby. Um, you're the one here. I, I think you nailed it. Total collateral damage. But the good news is it has nothing to do with you. And you don't yeah. want to be a man who can't stand up to his mom. Facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true. Or a man who's willing to go on dates if he's in a relationship. So. Right. Uh, hard pass all the way around. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this definitely sucks, um, but it's, this is so not about you. This is about him and his mom, and he said you were great, and, you know, who knows? Yeah, I just feel like he could have been honest from the start. He could have, but you dodged a bullet. I mean, he's a grown man, and this is the way he decided to handle the situation. I am super shocked that he has a girlfriend that went along with it, too. But, I know. Yeah, that is odd. Right? I would never guess that yeah. something like that would happen. Like, let's that's so on, weird. Let's chew on that one for a second. Yeah, so if the guy I'm dating comes to me and says, hey, my mom doesn't like you, and she really wants me to break up with you, but I'm just, I need to go on this date to get her off my back, you cool with that? I'm not cool with any of it. Oh, hell no. No, how could you be? I think it's kind of devious on the girlfriend's part because it obviously ended horribly, and now Toby's never going to let his mom live it down, and now she's got to get all this crap from her son that she was trying to get off the girlfriend's back. So, you know what? I think really the girlfriend's the true winner out of all this. It's layered. All right, Lindsay, but it's not about you, so you got that going for you, right? 
Right. Thanks so much. All right. You're welcome. The Bird Show. Abby is now entering the do-it-alone era of her life. Yeah, I'm in my do-it-alone era, which sounds just a lot better than nobody wants to hang out with me. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I've come to this scary realization that I really like being alone. Like, I enjoy the company of others. I really value my friendships. But I really enjoy doing things on my timeline. I like going where I want to go, doing what I want to do, drinking what I want to drink, eating what I want to eat. It's lovely. And so now I've never, I don't really think I would want to go on a solo vacation because I know you've talked to me about how great it is. Uh Everything you just mentioned is the exact same on a solo vacation, except you're somewhere different and everything is so new. I know, but um, again, like I said, I'm a 26-year-old single woman. Every day is a solo vacation. <laughs> I am vacationing away from the company of others. Like, And so over the last couple of weeks, I've noticed that I've just stepped out of my comfort zone and done a lot of things I would typically do with other people by myself. I went and I saw the new Hunger Games film because I wanted to see the Hunger Games film. I bought my own ticket, sat by myself, next to a bunch of tweens, and I had myself a good time. <laughs> Were you confident enough? Because when I first started going to movies by myself, I would play the game like, I would look over my shoulder like somebody was, I was waiting on somebody to come and sit next to me and stuff. Oh, it looks like that. And then the, um, you know, the movie would start and I'd be alone, but I wanted everybody to know, like, I wasn't there alone. No. Like, I'm just waiting for somebody to show up. That's all. You make no. it look like you got stood up when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that backfired. Yeah, I don't think that's the look you want to go for. Honestly, I, I didn't want anybody to sit next to me. So, like, when the gaggle of tween girls came next to me, I'm like, they're not going to appreciate this movie like I did because I read the books so and they're just going to talk through it. And they did. But I got to enjoy it, you know, by myself almost. I got to, I went to a bar that I really wanted to go to. I've never been to this bar because it's not the typical vibe where if I was going to go out with friends, I would want to go. It's very low key. It's very, it has like a dark academia vibe. It's not the kind of place you would take the girlies. I have found if I go to a bar by myself and I sit at the bar, at least traveling mostly, um, that People notice you're alone, and they want to come up, and they want to start creating conversation, which was a problem in Brazil because they don't speak English. (laughs) Because I wanted to talk to people at the end of the night um, and couldn't. But that's – I think that almost gravitates people towards you. I don't know why, but of all of the places that I go by myself, I never feel uncomfortable going anywhere except the bar. That is really? the one place that I still, to this day, cannot go by myself. Really? Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah. Like, it's like going out and eating alone, either sitting at a table and eating alone or sitting at a bar and eating alone. Um, I did it just a couple weeks ago. Just sat at the bar, got a glass of wine, a nice steak salad, and it was glorious. I'm with you. I love it, man. Oh, it was glorious. It was great, but I will say I did have a little bit of anxiety because I think I looked like I was waiting for somebody because, and the waiter and the bartender kept coming up to me and being like, are you waiting on someone? Do you need the second menu? I'm like, no, nobody is coming. And th- thankfully the bar, the restaurant bar ended up filling up to where people started sitting next to me and it started to look a little <laughs> bit more normal. And then after the first glass of wine, I was like, all right, I'm cruising. I don't think people even really notice. They don't. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Like we, I think, look at ourselves like we're the sort of center of our own universe obviously right but most people don't even notice yeah they didn't and so I had a really good time got to check it out I also took a road trip to a part of town I hadn't seen yet got in my car put on my favorite playlist did a little drive down got some pictures for my iPhone and I just got to go and, and not have to worry about whether or not somebody was enjoying themselves or whether or not I had to make small talk with a new friend it was just very relaxing got to take myself down there and get some good photos and I think one of the reasons this exercise was good for me is is I was revisiting an episode I had done on my podcast with a therapist where I had been asked 
asking her about something completely unrelated about like self-confidence and self-worth because that's a topic that really comes up when people are going through breakups where they're like, I stayed in this relationship because my self-worth was so bad. So I asked her, I'm like, how do you build self-confidence and self-worth? And she said, well, that's very complicated. But an exercise you could do today if you wanted to turn off the podcast and work on it is to go spend a day by yourself and just admire how you see the world through your own eyes. So to me, I'm like, this was a really great exercise in working on becoming less desperate and <laughs> and just enjoying my own company and, and really appreciating uh-huh. the way that I see the world, but without having to rely on somebody else to enrich it. Now, the next hmm. step, I think, if you really want to push this is don't do a solo vacation, but do a solo weekend. A solo weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe even a long weekend, but oh. just go somewhere by yourself for a weekend. I think you will absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with you. You're like weaning yourself into yeah, something yeah, yeah. more ambitious, but just go somewhere for it. Or just a night, even. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're right. So I'm worried now that I'm going to be, I'm going to enjoy being alone so much that the, oh. thought, <laughs> the thought of bringing anybody into it is like, no, I actually really love these solo vacations. I don't need you. That's where it leads to. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly where you're going. The Bird Show. <laughs>